beautiful Ethereans. Princess Jenny here with a couple of announcements for you ahead of the ep. So we have finished the third season, as you know, and we are now having our traditional post-season race and S-pop roundtable. It's going to be a really great one today, you guys. We have two wonderful, wonderful guests. And so after today, we're going to take a quick one-month hiatus between seasons so that I, Princess Jenny, have time to pack up all of my belongings and my kitty cat and move my whole life from New York City to beautiful Plumeria. I'm moving and I've lived here a long time, guys. So it's going to take some doing to move all my shit. So I needed a little bit of time to do that. So I hope you won't mind missing out on April 12th. It's just one episode. Our next episode, season four, episode one, The Coronation will drop on April 26th. But if you are a patron of ours, this brings me to point number two, you will not be bereft of Heodora for all of that time because we are having our next live watch and live chat on Sunday, April 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. So if you are a patron of ours at $5 or above, you can live watch with us. And if you are a patron of ours at $10 or above, you can live chat with us after the live watch. What will we watch, you ask? Well, you can help us vote on that if you are a patron. So that is all the April happenings for us. And with no further ado, onward to our third, now traditional installment of Race in S-Pop. You're going to love it. Hey, folks, and welcome to a very special episode of Heyadora, Queer She-Ra Podcast. I'm Forest Captain Meth, they, them. And I am Princess Jenny, she, her. And today we are having our third edition of our Race in S-Pop Roundtable conversation with two, count them, two very special guests. Yes, we have two amazing guests today both of whom are fabulous, sparkly, and very um, accomplished in their own right. We have Princess Alba and Head Sorceress Sean. Woo! Hi, friends. Yes, hello. Oh my gosh. The way that I am tickled hearing Princess Alba. I'm so tickled. (laughs) All of my childhood dreams are coming true. Yes, only at Hey Adora. Do you get the titles of your wildest fantasy dreams? <laughs> mine is a force I, I beg to differ with the sparkly, by the way. I, I'm a creature of the night. Yes, yes you and me. True. You can also be a creature of the night if that is what is in your heart of hearts. Uh, yes. I did not mean I, to force sparkles on you against your will. Yes, yes, how dare you? <laughs> yes. You're lucky I'm not Catra. I would have scratched you for that. I apologize. Goth dreams, goth dreams are also valid. Yes. Um, So let me do some formal introductions so everyone knows all the awesomeness that is both of you. So Princess Alba Daza is an emerging Latinx writer, director, consultant based in Montreal, Canada. Alba has been working in the film industry for 10 years. In addition to her work in film, Alba was a producer on the popular podcast, Buffering the Vampire Slayer. Woo! Woo. She has consulted on anti-racism in the film and education sectors, consulting on ethical casting and teaching youth about colonization in media. Her art focuses on telling and celebrating the stories of marginalized voices, giving them space to breathe and thrive. Through her work, she is decolonizing popular culture and slaying white supremacy. Fuck yeah. Yay. Yes. And Head Sorceress Sean, 
who we already know is an author, educator, and huge nerd from Richmond, Virginia. As the mind behind Project Simsum, she creates and runs learning activities that connect curious seekers with Judaism and each other through imagination and play. When she's not coming up with fun new ways to engage people in Jewish text and tradition, Sean is a huge fan of fantasy, horror, and sci-fi who channels her love of these genres through theater and role-playing games. Her debut poetry collection, The Red Door, is a dark fantasy that combines Jewish folklore and mysticism with queer romance. It's currently available on Ben Yehuda Press. And of course, that link will be in our show notes. Hi, friends. Friend. Hello. Hey, friends. Welcome. Welcome, Welcome. to the Hey Adora Roundtable. Yep, it's it's a very as if you can't see this table by the way readers readers listeners you can't you can't actually see this table but it's exactly like the table in Bright Moon mm. like the really like hyper enhanced like D&D table that they have yeah. with like the grids and stuff There's even an empty so, chair for Micah Yep, there's an empty chair for Micah That's right Bless. and if anyone sits in it we will give them the stink eye <laughs> Yes like forever Don't you know that's dad's chair? Yeah, so you don't sit in dad's chair. Um, I'm deliberately sitting in Swift Wind's chair. Oh, Comrade Swift Wind. Did someone say Swift Wind? (laughs) The chair that they didn't give him. You're like, I gave him a chair and now I am taking it. (laughs) I kind of love that. Yes, even though nobody has said Swift Wind for all of season three. <laughs> and nobody has noticed that no one has said Swift Wind for all of season three. It's been a busy season. Yeah. I mean, they've been yeah. they've been in a lot of their own stuff, and we learned a lot of stuff about Etheria in season three that we really kind of didn't know. Yes, that doesn't really have that much to do with Swift Wind, uh, other it's than true. he was, you know, transformed by, uh, you know. We've learned a lot of things that Swift Wind would definitely be upset about. Definitely, like what the magic, what the magic of Etheria is, and who kind of came to quote unquote harness it, which is what happened to the magic. Who has organically and inorganically been deciding how that magic's going to flow? Yeah, and yeah, and and passing it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, mm-hmm. we've known from the beginning that colonization is part of this story. Mm-hmm. But our last two race talks, we haven't really been able to get into it. Even though we are a spoiler-full podcast, the point of that is not to constantly get ahead of ourselves. It's just because we want to be able to acknowledge foreshadowing mostly mm-hmm. without it being a problem. Mm-hmm. So up until now, it's just been fairly vague. Mm-hmm. But now that we're at the end of season three we have found out that the first ones were colonizers who came to Etheria and stole its magic to funnel it into a giant weapon at the heart of the planet that they control through the sword, which is the key to this weapon that is wielded by one of their own, that is Shira. Right, right. And we also go, kind of go into a little bit more of like um, of Hordak's kind of owns parallel story mm. with colonization <laughs> as well, right. where we kind of learn how Hordak stumbled upon it, right? It's, it's Hordak, you know, stumbled upon this place and, you know, made it his own. And so we kind of have these parallel understandings, <laughs> both of colonialism, mm-hmm. right? It's true. Mm-hmm. He fell through a wormhole just like baby Adora. Right. He discovered it, right? 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, like, yeah, he got he lost and discovered it. It was not his own choice in the same way right. Baby Adora did. Right. But once he was there, he made conscious choices, unlike infant Adora. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we, we're going to get into that whole, uh, hopefully we t- talked about that whole, yeah, raising children to fight your wars for you, your wars of conquest for you, not a good look, Hordak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <It's> definitely not. <laughs> It's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah. Uh, um, like yeah. I heard the term war orphans, but I don't I know they're like, are they war orphans because like they were already orphans or were they made orphans? I wonder what's going on with that. Um, yeah, I have of, a lot of questions. So about yeah, So much baggage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I have yeah. a lot of questions about where the cadets come from, you know, yeah. like where yeah. you yeah. guys talked about like Rogelio in the last race episode and talking about um what's there's kyle rogelio and what's the lonnie lonnie like our beloved lonnie like all of these kids and katra and adora and like why scorpio to a degree scorpia (laughs) well scorpia at least we know is from etheria like we're like okay you're from (laughs) etheria we understand that like your parents her parents gave Hordak, the yeah. land. Did, did they do? Yeah, yeah. What did they do? <laughs> right. Did well, they, I don't know. know. Was it sort of like a... What did they do? They seem rather happy in those pictures. Yeah, and <laughs> then, like, yeah. they're not there anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're just gone. And well, maybe yeah. they went on vacation. Yeah, they mysteriously maybe disappeared. They went on vacation, yeah. 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 yeah, you know, it was like, it's like they sold the company and then they fucked off to like, yeah. you know, yeah. like Mexico, right? Like, like every trash, like CEO, tech CEO ever, right? Mm. And just yeah, abandon their child moms. to be a child yeah. soldier. Yeah, just abandon their child. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, they totally wouldn't lie to her about that. <laughs> no. Scorpio's powers are pretty cool, Aww. though. Gotta say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just yeah. a lot of questions about where do those where did those kids come from? Where are their parents? I was thinking a lot about like the language that you were talking about in the last episode, and thinking about like, okay, well. Why does Rogelio speak a different language? Is he from the same planet? Are there other people like him? Like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, um, <laughs> it's interesting yeah. because uh, I my like I'm doing my master's right now on my first term paper. And I actually read about Bridgerton and the race representation in Bridgerton. And there were a lot of parallels in what mm-hmm. y'all were discussing in the past couple of episodes and what they tried to do in Bridgerton is kind of just be like race is of non-importance here. I mean, it's mm-hmm. worse in Bridgerton because it's like real, you know, yeah. historical fiction and like mm-hmm. it's a whole mess when you actually start looking at it. But mm-hmm. like race is not, it can't be non-consequential in our society in the way that we read things. So I was just mm-hmm. like thinking about all of the all of that and you know, thinking about like Adora. She's the okay, so she's a colonizer and she's like white and blonde and super Aryan and she's the savior and she's the good one and she's like <laughs> the biggest <laughs> eye roll. <laughs> from sean (laughs) um sean's eye roll just like defied gravity (laughs) yeah yeah i was just like (laughs) it's just like there's so many things about colonization i think what you're talking about like the actual kind of impacts of it or who goes and like takes resources right but then how that colonization gets embedded into the social structure of things and how then people Mm -hmm. interact with each other based on that social structure that originated from colonization, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it, there's so much in Shira's like just rewatching it. I was like, wow, I did not notice how problematic the show was the first time around. Like, I love it. It's great. It's super fun. But damn, they really could have done better. Yeah, of course. And I think it's an important lesson, especially for maybe some of our younger listeners who haven't been around the block as many times as we have. And it's like, oh, no, you're saying that there's problems with this. Does that mean I can't love it? No, we're not saying that. Everything we love has some degree of problems. And that's generally always going to be true. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's true with Buffy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all love Buffy. And there are problems there. Oh, definitely. It's definitely true with Buffy. Okay, it's it's not like we're going to say that Buffy as a show is fundamentally racist, but it doesn't mean that it didn't do racist things, just like Adora, right? right? Like, we're not saying that the show is just as a thing racist, but there are racist elements in the show. Right. And and I think that that's a good reflection of, you know, just like real life, you can be a good person and do good work in the world and still make fumbles and missteps and do harm and do racist harm Mm -hmm. and then learn from those mistakes and carry on and do better. Yeah. And, you know, ND has also made mistakes and been public about it and apologized and learned and done better as a result. And, you know, Andy has also raised 40K in one night for Black Lives Matter and wants to do better. (laughs) And so it would be a mistake to say that if something has made a racist mistake, then it is bad and must be thrown out. And only things that are pure can have value. Because what does that say about you? If you've ever made a mistake, are you fundamentally bad? Is there no hope for you to do better? Of course not. Yeah. We're all works in progress. Yeah. I I have a whole series of Tumblr posts about puritanical fandom culture and (laughs) a few very long, loud rants building up. But um, there's there's a lot about the whole, well, if it does this one thing wrong, throw the whole thing in the trash thing that I'm just like, what are you, 12? And And like, what's left? Yeah, sometimes. If I did that to everything that that was personally that personally said a harmful message about people like me. I'd be looking at four blank walls all day. And that's no way to live. That's number one. <laughs> and number two, I think beyond whether I'm work makes mistakes or not, just and maybe this is just me getting older or whatever. It's just like I'm starting to kind of come to grips with the fact that people in a time and place were in their time and place. Mm-hmm. And and that means like and being human means you come with limitations. They they knew what they knew. They didn't know what they didn't know. And it's and while that's not an excuse or a justification, it's it's a factor to comprehend. It's like, okay, this is the mm-hmm. limit that they were working with. And and also to kind of stop putting so much pressure on one work. It, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, like Shira cannot be all things queer. It just it just can't. It's it's one work of art. What I think the challenge is for like future creators is to take what that what Shiva doesn't do very well and build up on that and do the next thing better. And then that then yes. the people who look at that do the next thing better. Mm-hmm. And it's right. Yes, absolutely. That is something yeah, you can I mean, actually do something about. Besides, like, yeah, that's throw the, the whole thing away. Right. Yeah, I'm like, right. yeah, and I mean, that's what an artist does. An artist takes takes from what they saw, right, <laughs> and then, you know, like, it's such a big yeah. motivation. Like, absolutely. I can make that better. I'm going to build on this, and I feel like, you know, that that is such an important understanding of both creating art, 
and consuming and understanding art as yeah. well. Yes. This does not yeah. mean that I say it's okay to, to play the wizard lady's game. I'm not saying mm. that. The, the yeah. Lady. Yeah. I, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Got yes. You, got you. Yes. Yeah, none yeah, of yeah. us. None of us endorse <laughs> no. anything that puts money in the pockets of she who shall not be named. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she sucks. I have. I have like two things I want to say on that point, and I think that um, one. I think that you know the biggest thing that it. Hey, um, hey, Adora. The biggest thing that Shira did wrong <laughs> um, is not having enough representation behind the screen right like oh, yeah. having people mm-hmm. right, in the writer's room yeah. and that is just so often the case i mean it's the same thing that happened in bridgerton it's like people just not writing their own experiences and so then you're gonna get mm-hmm. like a muddled outcome and that's just what happens no matter what mm-hmm. um and then the second thing i want to say is that to reduce one piece of work or art to the one thing that makes it bad and this is not this is not a universal statement to everything because there are some things that are just we just maybe we should think about the artists themselves you know what i mean as a person (laughs) but Mm -hmm. and you know that's a whole other debate but whatever but to reduce something like shira which does have so many good qualities or buffy which has so many good qualities simply to the things that it did wrong is to also reduce the people who enjoy it to that one thing that they are marginalized against so if we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. shira right and it's like oh well it did this like racist Mm -hmm. thing and like you know we're gonna like cancel it or we're not gonna explore it or I'm going to stop watching it then for me like I'm not only a person of color that's not the only thing I watch Shira for right I watch Shira because I like magic mm-hmm. because I like sci-fi because I want to watch queer women because I have all of these other facets of my personality that Shira does fill so mm-hmm. we have to be able to understand that people are are multitudes that they hold many different things within themselves Mm -hmm. and that it's disappointing Mm -hmm. when it's consistently the thing that you are oppressed against representing in something that you love continuing Mm -hmm. to oppress you however that doesn't mean that there isn't joy to be found in the other aspects of it Mm -hmm. i think that's an important thing to think about definitely agree with that yeah um absolutely and that Definitely speaks to me personally in how I felt a lot in the past few years in terms of Jewish representation in media, which so often fails. Mm. And it's so disappointing, especially Mm. in Mm -hmm. queer spaces where I'm so excited and so happy. This queer thing is so great. And it's by and for queers. And it's so obvious that it was written by queers. And I feel so seen and so represented. And then this really shitty anti-Semitic representation comes in. And I'm just like, why? And and so often there's someone Jewish at the helm and I'm like, what are you doing? This was so unnecessary. <laughs> this really, really oversimplified, stale anti-Semitic trope comes in. And then it becomes like- It's okay, you can say you people. I just liked your revenge. I was like, what is this? Anyway, like, I loved it except for the Jewish villain. Mm. I was like, the only unequivocally- villainous person in this whole movie who is just like two-dimensional character unequivocally a villain is is the only one that is like unequivocally jewish coded in this very flat way what are we talking about again in the movie do revenge did you see that no yeah i didn't see it either it's a fabulous movie except for this one very unfortunate aspect isn't veronica from riverdale as alba was saying it's like well it's not necessarily like I don't know if you have this experience where it's like sometimes I, I can handle it and sometimes I can't. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I 
you know, water off a duck's back, you know, it's like, whatever. But some yeah. days I'm really feeling those like, if I have to look at yeah. this, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can't yeah. do this right I, now. I, I totally. Yeah, I, I didn't feel destroyed by it, but I just felt very disappointed. Yeah. It was so unnecessary. It didn't add anything. Mm-hmm. And it just played into just like so basic, so overdone mm-hmm. tropes. Yeah. That mm-hmm. are just so two dimensional. Yeah. Um. And I felt similarly about a League of Their Own. It was such a triumph. The, the show in, in the every movie. way. The show or the movie? The show. Oh, oh the show. Okay. The show. The show. I saw both, the movie didn't like... have any Jewish representation at all. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the show had a, a Jewish character, and again, created by Abby Jacobson. Like, what are you doing to us? Mm-hmm. So you have this one Jewish character. Right? Like who is this for? Yeah, but it's like, why bother putting it in at all if it's gonna be such a negative stereotypical trope? Because it gets a it gets a check mark. Yeah, I mean I think that's mm, how they sell yeah. it, right? Because it's all about it's all about money at the end of the day. There's somebody in yeah. the boardroom. There's somebody who's saying, or like maybe that's all she was allowed to get. We don't know what happened behind the scenes with Abby yeah, Jacobson. Yeah, we don't know, what, know happened, what I mean. But like, it just yeah. it seemed it's disappointing. It's it seemed like there was no added value. It's like why are you going to do it at all if it's going to be so negative? I bet so it wasn't really her decision. I bet. Maybe. There's no way to know. There's no but way so, to know. So that, speaks, yeah. so that speaks very much to what you were just saying. You know, like, I still, am I going to boycott A League of Their Own, the TV show, because of that issue? No, I couldn't possibly. It's a triumph in every other way in terms of the queer representation, the number of queer voices in the room, you know, the diversity in every other category mm-hmm. was a triumph. Yeah. Um, and so it's it it is more complicated than just they failed in this one way and therefore it's wholly a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's yeah. not that simple. Yeah. Can we can we like just put the Puritans to bed in our culture? For real, man. I wish we could. It's very I wish we could. Tired. Like, wow. Unfortunately, it's, it it's kind of the basis of our society. I know, but they got kicked out for being like no fun at all. <laughs> yeah they didn't even right? celebrate christmas <laughs> like no fun at all <sighs> yeah they're somehow better yeah. than everybody you know yeah because mm, of yeah that. right mm-hmm. that's the yeah. like that's that shadow projection mm-hmm. that's what my mama taught me when you point a finger at someone there's three fingers pointing back at you <laughs> yes. you smelled it dealt it <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay, that one I've heard. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting here being like, hmm? <laughs> you smelt it, dealt it. Look, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Etheria. So I feel like yeah. you, were on a, you were on a bit of a tangent there. Please continue. Uh, which, which which tangent? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like there was one, though. <laughs> Etheria colonization is just like okay, but but what you were saying, Alba, is like really um, important about who's in the writers' room and who's behind the camera Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. yes, that comes through. I I think I said it before, but it's like if you're within a minority group, that you can tell when when someone is like speaking from their own experience, and you can can tell when somebody's talking about it in a more academic sense. We're like, mm-hmm. um, and it's nobody's fault. Okay, internet, it's nobody's fault. It's just what happens. It's our socialization. It's, it's no, it's just part of the parcel of being 
alive today in this society. And so, so the stuff when it comes to like colonization and whatnot, it's like, I think that say, if there were black, there were a serious contingent of black and brown people in that writer's room, the colonization would have gotten a different focus. I, I, would, I would say it probably represented better, but like you can tell when it's like, okay, it's just, okay, so these people from far away came here and they exploited this land with people already on it for resources and they built a super weapon out of it. And yet there are so many different ways that such, that, that something of that magnitude would affect every facet of society because whenever in, in real life that's what colonization does it doesn't just it's not just a thing that happens to people it, it changes the, the societies it comes in contact with yeah it's just it's like whether it's africa or asia it's like you see it everywhere where it's like where did this weird hyper christian element come from <laughs> and say a wrong mm, black american yeah. uh slavery like how, how did christianity become so dominant and, and even in in other places like wait slavery you know, it's slavery. And then there's, and I don't you know, know if people know the correlation between that of that, mm. you know, the people who had found God, like Christopher Columbus used Christianity yes. as a as a justification for slavery exactly. and for colonization. He <laughs> I learned this recently. He was um he like believed that the end was imminent. Like he believed that the apocalypse was oh. impending. Yeah. And he was like, we have to save wow. people. Like, he was like a gospel of John kind of guy, um, <laughs> which wow. is pretty wild to think about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, so he thought that, yeah, the end was imminent and he used Christianity as a tool to justify colonizing the the South America because the people, the indigenous people there didn't believe God. They hadn't found God. They didn't meet God. So they were like the infants and they had to be taught. And if they, you know, accepted God, then they were, they were like, okay, like you can live kind of vibe. Like you're, so you can, you know, be right. kind of human. But Africa, a lot of Africa was Muslim at the time and had been introduced to God, the Christian God and was like, nah, thanks man. We're good. And they were like, oh, well, then, like, you are not human because you don't believe in the Christian God. And so that's how they mm -hmm. justified slavery. And they were like, you're not smart enough to understand that God is here to save you. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking mm -hmm. of Columbus, <laughs> I don't want to say a fun fact, but this is something that uh, most people don't draw the dots with. Christopher Columbus bankrolled his whole expedition thing with guess who? Like Queen Isabella, Ooh, I know this answer. King Ferdinand, Ferdinand <laughs> and Isabella, who consolidated, say, the Spanish Empire in 1492, yep. which is the same year they kicked all the Jews out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> all the Christianity thing does not surprise me. Um, so, yeah, if we're talking about Spain. Yeah, you mean Spain that's super duper Catholic, the one that has Torquemada and all them and like torturing people for, uh, <laughs> I don't know, this, that, and the third? Yeah. So the, the the element of using like Christianity as a justification to go forth and colonize people, not surprising at all, which when we to bring it back to Shira, um, <laughs> the ideological <laughs> underpinnings of it are missing. Yeah. And it's really, it's like, it's like these people just up and decide to colonize one day. And I'm like, it's eerie. 
Yeah, it's like... Well, mm. actually, as you were talking, I was thinking ahead a little bit to when we get to know Horde Prime and <laughs> yeah, his giant green baptism Oh, yeah. Tub. Yo, that was so you know, weird. Even though yeah. It's yeah. terrifying. Even though you're right, the ideological underpinnings are missing in a way. Like, there's no book of Horde Prime. But there is an ideology <laughs> oh. that, that we know of. But there is an ideology of a sort because they're all chanting as they put whomever into the goo. Cast out the shadows. Um, cast out the shadows. Pure, cast out the shadows. Right. Yeah. Right. And pure, yeah. And they have this whole and right. like pure and yeah. purity and meaning pure, purity meaning that we're gonna wipe out your sense of self. Yeah. And make you into an acolyte of Horde Prime, which is basically just an empty vessel. We're going to wipe right, out your right. individuality, your emotions, and you'll just be an empty vessel waiting to receive Orders. instructions on what to think, feel, and exist from Horde Prime. And you're all just little mm -hmm. photocopies of this one dude. Yeah. <laughs> and he's the only one who really is a person. I kind of like have a yes and with it because what, what Sean was talking about of the underpinnings aren't there. And you know what you were talking about about okay so but there is kind of the like there is the the parallel between that and, and you know the the feeling that there is some sort of meaning behind it but i don't think that there i think that it's based on kind of a vibe right like it's like the hort prime vibe is that because it's supposed to be allegorical we're not actually getting like a real drive from it it's just the vibe of like guess what this looks like instead of it right. is this and so yeah, but i think, I think it's that's coded, right though you know i think it's co oh, yeah, definitely coded. Yes. It's coded yes 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 as christianity oh, yeah. oh definitely yeah, i mean yeah, it is yeah. definitely I mean, I, I think like that's that's like another yeah. way yeah. to say the same thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Something I found interesting listening um, to your other talks that, that the three of you did is that I actually think that Horde Prime is coded as black. I don't see him as a white man with dreads. I see him <laughs> as like, and I'll, you know, even though he's like, it's like how Mac um, Mackenzie McDade, who's incredible, says that Faith from Buffy is coded as black, which I think is really, really interesting. Um, interesting. I think it's very easy to see in the case of Faith. Yes, um, I, but what about Horde Prime? Well, um, I think like I think a lot that. of people are actually coded as black in Shira. I think Horde Prime. I'm like, first of all, his voice is a black man. Well, he he is voiced by a black yes. actor. Yeah, his yeah. he's voiced by a black actor. I mean, you know, this is my take, right? This is like I'm not saying this is like the ultimate truth, but no, no, no. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm yeah. open and, to and your the, thoughts. The yeah, dreads yeah. and like the vibe. Like I was just like when I saw it, I was like, this man is coded as black and i was like hold on a second this evil most evil dude has dreads and i don't think that most white people would read him as like a white man with dreads it's just not how i read him i read him as like a non-human coded as black evil man hmm. you know hmm. is this like along the same vein of um as darth vader in a way even though anakin skywalker <laughs> Oh, was supposed to be like, yeah. I heard, that. I heard you guys talking about that too. I don't know the Star Wars references enough, but probably, you know, probably. Mm. And yeah. I think that, you yeah, know, Katra is also like coded as, you know, at least like a mixed woman. Like, she's definitely not 
coated as white. Definitely. You know? Um, and I think even Shadow Weaver, I think is mm-hmm. like, I saw her as mm-hmm. coated as black and it wasn't until later in the show. I was like, oh, she's not supposed to be black. You know? Like the hair, mm-hmm. the voice, mm-hmm. the whole energy. I was like, this is very... Feel like I just saw a lot of representations of associations with blackness amongst the mm-hmm. evil characters. I really saw that, mm-hmm. and like in my rewatch mm-hmm. this time, I was like, "Wait, like what's going on?" And then there's just this like really like innocent, naive, like just wants to do good white girl who's just like happens to be the chosen one, and she's gonna make the good decisions in the best of heart, and like. Her decisions are the good decisions in terms of the audience, you know. Um, and so that really, really sat, did not sit with me well in this this right. watch. Yeah. And I didn't see that the first time. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it takes multiple viewings because there's yeah. so much going on with the show. There's a lot going um, on. <laughs> but I see where you, I see yeah. where you're coming from about mm-hmm. are they being coded as black? It's like, mm. yeah, they are putting the black voice actors to work with the the. Yeah, no. Like, why are all the black, the black voice, voice actors, actors, except for um, Bo? Why are yeah. they all evil? Yeah, and it's like okay, well, there are. Yeah. Well, they're not all. They're not all evil. I mean, don't forget Natasha, Natasha, and Lonnie. Sh- sure, and Lonnie. Well, Lonnie's Lonnie worth- is with the horde, though. I mean, she's with the horde, but she's not evil. She's not. We evil. are huge fans. We are huge fans yes, of the horde. Jenny, she's not. None evil. of them are evil. She's not evil, but she's with the bad guys. She's with the. She's, with, she's the with the bad guys. guys. Yeah, and Natasha's great, but she has like very minimal lines. Uh, in the last season, like, in the last season, there's more. But you're right. Season. You're right. I'm not trying to discount your point. Your yeah, point yeah. is very valid. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially for Shadow Weaver and Hordak in Horde Prime and Wrong Hordak, yeah. because yeah. those three are all one voice yeah. actor. Yeah. I didn't see Hordak as black or Wrong Hordak as black, but I did see Hordak Prime as being coded as black the most <laughs> out of all three. All the they are all the same voice, yeah. but visually plus the voice to me added up in a yeah. different way than the yeah. other ones. Yeah. And then the thing you know? with Shadow Weaver, I think I dipped my toe in it. I didn't want to say anything too firm because I'm not, it's not my uh, place to say in any kind of firm way, but I'm like, I'm like, what's going on with the face covering with her? Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. I, is this yeah. a hint at job or is this like a yeah, what, what I mean, you could, with that? You could, we could, well, you don't have to say anything firm, but we could suggest some Islamophobia. We could suggest okay. some, you know, Middle East fear vibes. Mm-hmm. We don't, but yeah. who knows? I'm just, just saying it. It's just interesting on which characters are representing what elements and yeah. what they represent mm-hmm. to the show mm-hmm. and our relationships to them. I right. really I, like Shadow Weaver's character. I think she's freaking <laughs> awesome. I love Shadow I love her Weaver. as a character. I, mean, I wouldn't want her to be my mom. No, no, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, I don't want any of those adults to be my mom. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. When yeah. I say I love Shadow Weaver, I, I don't mean I want to hang out with no. Shadow Weaver. I mean, I think she's an incredible character yeah. in terms Agreed. of bad guys who are compelling and interesting and multi-layered and not just a flat two-dimensional 
I love evil. Like, I hate season seven of Buffy. And one of the main reasons that I hate season seven of Buffy is because I think the first is a terrible ev- big bad. Mm-hmm. It's just so flat and two dimensional. Just like, mm-hmm. I'm the evilest mm-hmm. evil than ever evil. I love evil. <laughs> Nobody evil's better than me. It's just so I love, boring. There's no motivation. I love evil, guys. There's no layers. It's that. not interesting. They were tired. And Shadow Weaver. They were tired. Shadow Weaver yeah. is like the opposite Shadow Weaver is the exact opposite of that. She's interesting. She has layers. She has motivations. You know, she's multivalent. You don't always know what she's going to do. And Lorraine Toussaint, you know, is obviously an incredible actor. And, you know, she's had a long and storied career. And in terms of like, you know, her range and the different roles that she's embodied, you know, she can really make you keep guessing yeah yeah totally she's really good at being she's bad, really though. Good. she is she is really good at it and, and i think it's really unfortunate that the circumstances of her casting do fall into that you know black actors being the bad guy trope it sucks mm-hmm. yeah and i think something interesting to think about is that these characters like shadow reaper and catra specifically these are characters who are primarily focused with surviving like they're going to survive and shadow weaver mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. yeah yes should we That's say right. that she's gonna have like she's looking for power she wants power she wants power which is interesting because you know i wish we knew more about her origin story because nobody just kind of i mean some people want power but typically not that kind of person you know and Catra also is framed right, as don't like don't know anything about her childhood. Yeah, Catra also is kind of framed as like, oh well, I can't have Adora. Well, I'm going to take everything from her, kind of thing. So she can't have anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's this kind of like, well, how do we? How are these characters engaging with the world around them in terms of why they want the things that they want? Because it's a lot more complex. Like you guys were talking about trauma and stuff, and like being a woman mm-hmm. of color and the trauma that comes along with that, and. Then kind of like flatly being like, oh, well, they just they just want power and we have to take it back from mm-hmm. them. But, but then then what is that? These black, mm-hmm. these like right. women of color right. with power, they're not allowed. It's bad for them to have power. Hmm. Who's allowed to have power in this story? Yeah. And it kind of um, right. Like and when you bring that up, that makes me think about like if we really wanted to like, have a really deep dive into like colonization and whatnot and what that does to a people mm. like if we really wanted to go there, we could talk about like each of these characters as different responses to colonization. Because you don't, it's Ooh, not just I the want to go there. You know what I mean? It's like you have the, the um, like the what do you call it? The col- not the colliders. Shit. Um, colonizers? No, 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 no. It's like the colluders. Colluders. They're in collusions. Oh, the oh, colluders, right? In in the collusion. Collaborators? collaborators, or the, like yeah, the collaborators <laughs> and the, like the people who join the bad guys, knowing that they're bad and knowing that they mean nothing right. good right. for them. Like, and then right. it's like, and like Scorpius family, right? Or Catra, no, I actually right? think Shadow kind of Weaver like... herself, Shadow mm. Weaver and Catra, where it's like, uh, no, yeah. they are deliberately aligning Choosing, themselves yeah. with this with this power structure. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They yeah. We see Shadow Weaver make that it's choice. Right. To them, yeah. to their own right. people. Yeah. And, right. And it's like, and it's really easy, I guess, from people like <laughs> I say. I hate to take the same thing, but from relative safety, because they're like, I'm black in America. How safe am I really? But like, right. fair. From, it's easy from a position of relative safety when mm-hmm. 
there's not a literal world war on your doorstep to say, to wag your finger at them. It's like, how dare you? Shame on you. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. let's be honest. That kind of thing does happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. And it will be yeah. interesting to see like the, like the kind of, I guess, put together a profile almost of like the kind of person who's most vulnerable to that or the kind of person who's most likely to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like, is there something that? that yeah. And it, mm-hmm. that's because really, it comes, yeah, like, that word. kind of weird stuff comes up in, in like uh, ethnic minority media like all the time. All the like, time. In, in, all the time. Netflix specifically. It's Netflix, Netflix specifically. It's there was dear white yeah. people. And one of the things about dear white people that kind of made me go, hmm, it's really funny that the light-skinned biracial chick is all militant and shit. And the show kind of shits on the dark-skinned black women who are kind of like, hmm. I don't want to say collaborators with white supremacy, but they're like, they're not as openly resistant to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and it kind of judges them for it. And it's like, Okay. Um, yeah, they have a completely different. They're living in a completely different context. Yes, and, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a good point. And those and such a, those narratives don't really acknowledge that. So I'd be mm-hmm. it'd be really interesting to like examine these characters as like different types of responses to colonization because you have Adora who's like I have to take the caller this. I, I think she's more than this. I'm not reducing her to this, but she's that guilty white liberal who finally. Woke up to oh my god they're beating up black people like hotcakes and it's like yeah like, I mean, oh my god, it's, it's not yeah, that far also, yeah. like, oh my god look at how much power I have I should probably use it yeah you know right yes yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's like yeah I know I think I mentioned it like what was it the last time I talked where it was like Adora is very comfortable walking into these situations and assuming a like authority yeah yeah and and it's not that um. Because everyone keeps handing it to her. That too. Whether or not she's comfortable taking it, everyone keeps trying to give it to her. Yeah. And and that also could be a response to colonization. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You look like you should be in charge. Exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And there's, yeah. There's also like the element of. Like, who are the indigenous people on this territory, you know, in this land? Right. That's kind of a sticky question because the indigenous people of Etheria are of all shades. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, I kind of think that the only non, you know, um, Adora is the only first one, Mm -hmm. but she only found out that she was a first one in the middle of the show. Mm -hmm. She's lived her whole life thinking that she is Etherean. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. the only, so the only... Ethereum white person in my mind is Perfuma. All of the other Ethereans are various people of color. They are various types of Asians or different types of brown people, but they are all Ethereum. Or so, different anthropomorphic, like. Or different anthropomorphic creatures. Types. There's yeah. Kacha, yeah. there's Rahelio. Are they there? There's because different there's... townspeople. I'm trying to think of like other non kind of humanoid or like animal human crossovers that are not part of the horde. In Etheria, their background uh, that entire you see them at um yeah Selenius. the entire there were okay. like these starfish yeah. looking people <laughs> like, yeah there's people yeah. with gills there's people with horns there's lizard yeah. people 
<laughs> yeah, there's that entire village that knows how to party and turns into people, but they're all still Ethereum. Yeah. So I feel like yeah. the question of colonization in terms of Adora, it almost wouldn't matter. Like the fact that she is a colonizer and she only finds that out, you know, at the end of season three, it almost doesn't matter. Like her whiteness, you know, she would still be white whether or not she was a colonizer. <laughs> And she's one of the mm-hmm. only white people. Yeah, her I and mean, Kyle. but that is something. Her though. and Kyle and Perfume. <laughs> yeah, but like, I don't. Can you elaborate more on what you mean that it wouldn't matter? Because it- yeah, so basically, yeah, yeah, because basically, like, they all the premise of the show they all know about the first ones yeah. mm-hmm. um in fact you know adora has never heard of the first ones in episode one mm-hmm. and Bo and and glimmer have to explain to her these are our ancient ancestors who you know they were the first ones who who colonized this planet and studied it and it's unclear to me, and I think this is somewhat up for debate, whether or not Ethereans think these are all of our ancient ancestors or these are just people who lived here in the distant past and they disappeared and we don't know what happened to them. Mm-hmm. But either way, mm-hmm. everyone alive now thinks that these people all disappeared in the distant past, and including Adora. And Adora, it's a revelation to Adora that she is an alien. She, we see her find out this information that she is descended from these people who were here in the distant past. So she has grown up her whole life thinking that she is indigenous to this planet. Mm-hmm. And everyone right. else in, engages with her thinking that as well. But regardless of that, she is still one of the few white people. Yes. I mean, but that is... Is that not colonization? So she's because even if it's irre- irrelevant that you know within Etheria, I mean, isn't I mean? Hmm. I'm not saying I'm not saying that that her fact that she's a colonizer is irrelevant. I'm just saying it's irrelevant to the fact that she is white. She's still like they always knew she was white. She was always going to be one of the only white people with whatever white power exists. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think what you're saying is that within the canon of the show, it doesn't matter. But when we look at it kind of as with the critical lens, yeah. it's like, well, hang on a second. This is like one of the only white people in the show. And is, right. you know, is the happens to yes, be like she was, she a was descendant of these colonizers. Yeah. Happens to be a descendant of these white colonizers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Happens to have the tools of the colonizers. Um, just happens to be a good colonizer. Hmm? I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm just saying no, no, that in I terms of the way people that. relate to her. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I'm just saying the way people relate to her, they don't even know that she's a colonizer for the first half of the show. So it can impact the way they relate to her when they don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Sean? <laughs> I think this is how you know that white people are writing this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. that's fair. Yeah, that's legit. (laughs) Because I think, yeah, because like for me, I don't know, like as a person of color and like sure in Etheria, it's different. But like if this is. The messaging is just really clear to me, like the subliminal messaging is just really clear as like this person is better, you know, and and race just has to play into that. And sure, within I think within like how Ethereans would be, you know, it's hard to say for sure how, how, cause it's just not discussed, right? Like it's hard to say for sure mm-hmm. how they actually treat race and how they actually treat like everybody who's different. Like I, 
I don't have a firm grasp on that aspect of of their society, but it can't be irrelevant, you know, I think. Right. Um, I, I just I didn't mean to say that it was irrelevant. I just meant that while they don't know that she's related to the first ones, it can't impact her relationship to them if they don't know that she is descended from the first ones. They think that she is an Ethereum. So they treat her as an Ethereum for the first half of the series. Yes, yes. I still think they- Oh, shit. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'll I'll get to it after you make your comment. I think- I'm sorry, I think what- No, 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 it's okay. I think what I'm struggling with is kind of like the intersection of what is real in the show versus what is real in the -hmm. representation- of what the messaging becomes right. for us. Mm, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand what you're so, saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it's like, sure, maybe those people relate to her in a certain way, but like when we look at how society actually treats this kind of situation and we apply it there, then they're like, they're still treating her as a white person would be treated. Yes. Even if technically yes. mm-hmm. she's not and it's unclear. So like, you know, and then like. Right. So I'm saying her whiteness exists whether or not she's a first one. Yes. Yes. And then we add to that that she is a first one and is a colonizer, you know, and like add to that. Mm-hmm. that right. And she right. actually mm-hmm. is a, an alien source of you know, whatever, with yeah. whoever intentions and, yeah, yeah. you know, the best technology <laughs> and, adds, and the best, like, information yeah, yeah, and blah, blah. Yeah, that adds to the right. inequality. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And still they're like, oh my god, you have a sword? What? Like, you know. Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so there, I think, I guess I'm making, I'm drawing two points together and then there's my other point that I was oh shitting about a minute ago. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I want to hear right, the, the oh shit point. I want to oh, hear I'll get that. to the oh shit in a second. <laughs> but the first thing I'm noticing is that what I think is confusing with the show is that in our world, colonization is so intimately tied to race mm-hmm. that a show mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. includes colonization as a major theme or major element of the setting and somehow treats race as purely cosmetic. It's confusing. Mm -hmm. It's it's confusing because you can't really see where the show is coming from in regards to that. That's Mm -hmm. my my first thing. The second thing, the thing I was oh shitting about is that, oh, this is like those quote unquote white people who find out about their Cherokee princess ancestor (laughs) being some slave Oh, Oh, yeah. Yes. And And then they care all of a sudden. Yeah, then they care all of a sudden. And then it's like, personal identity crisis resulting from that yeah <laughs> but yeah and then they have to tell everyone they meet about yeah. how they're part cherokee and then they take on ownership of this identity that has nothing to do with their life there's, yeah there's, or they use yeah, it as an excuse yeah, to be racist shit is often <laughs> yeah the, the, my personal theory is the cherokee princess first of all they didn't have that in their society like like, like that right that's number one number two uh passing yeah black people running away Passing as white if they're light enough was a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, it, it's just like, like, yeah, that Cherokee princess was probably an enslaved woman who passed. Um, and then some of the, that's what she would say. Like, if somebody asked, so exactly what are you? That question, that that annoying-ass question mm-hmm. is, oh, I can't yeah. figure out what box to put you in. What are you? Mm-hmm. Where are you from? Like no, where are you like from? Like you're doing or something. And it's yeah. like, oh, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's funny, people uh, yep. so often when I worked in restaurants would ask me like, oh, where are you from? 
be like, oh, I'm from Canada. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, oh, yeah, but like, where, where you're like, where's where your family really from? from? Where are you really yeah, from? And then I, yeah, I mean, where that's are you like from? all the time. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, you go, you have, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. And then, um, and then like, oh yeah, my mom, you know, this, that, my mom's from Minnesota, my dad's from Chile. Oh, you speak English so well. It's like, yeah, I was born here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, uh. yeah. Isn't it weird how that happens? Ah! <laughs> it's weird it's how crazy. things to servers, man. This is the craziest things. Be nice to your servers, guys. Just don't try to make, don't try to make a funny comment. Don't make a comment about somebody's name, about their race. Don't tell them they speak English well. Don't just don't. I just Any tip them well and shut up. Yeah, they <laughs> just tip, well and tip a minimum. Tip a minimum of twenty percent, unless yep. they spit in your food in front of you. Mm. I thought it was fifteen. Did it go and up? even like even then, even then, <laughs> even then really, I mean, really deserved it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, unless you did something shitty to deserve it. <laughs> yeah, at that point, just leave. Yeah, there's a there's a whole yeah. weird thing about black people in tipping too. It's just oh, like yeah, yeah. The whole tipping so, system in general is a whole yeah. That too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Apparently, yep. I oh, found the, out. Yes. Yeah. When I used to work at summer camp, a lot of the staff there was imported from the UK because there's a lot of programs set up to import summer camp staff from the UK and they kind of cheat all the money out of them. So we would always have to have a meeting at the beginning of the summer so the head of the camp could tell the servers on your days off when you go into town and eat at restaurants, you have to tip. It is not optional. It is part of their base pay. They make a subliving wage. If you don't tip, it's going to make us all look like huge assholes. <laughs> you must tip your servers. Yeah. So tip your servers, everybody. Please tip them. <laughs> like, anyway. 2.13 but I an hour go plus back. tip is just not. Yeah. I want to circle back to nope. what you were saying, Sean, about the issue of on the show race being cosmetic, Mm -hmm. because I think it really speaks to what Alba was saying about trying to tease out what's true in the reality of the show versus what is actually true in the actual reality of people in a writer's room writing a scene and real people watching it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in Mm -hmm. terms of like, what is the impact of a story about colonization written by people by a group of people who are all white who don't really understand what they're saying about colonization. Because when race is entirely cosmetic, you know, you have a group of characters who on the surface are all a variety of skin colors, Mm -hmm. but they were all written by a group that's entirely white. You know, it's clear that there is not genuine cultural diversity Mm -hmm. in those characters, Mm -hmm. even though on the surface they have, you know, diverse skin tones. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think like going back to an earlier question of, you know, what does that relationship to colonization look like on the show? I think, and you asked Alba, like, where do these kids come from, Mm -hmm. these war orphans? I think that if there was genuine diversity, cultural diversity in the writer's room, we might have seen, I don't know, you guys tell me if you think this is accurate. We might have seen more of the horde manager level people mm-hmm. constantly telling the cadets and the kids you're so lucky to be here we rescued you from your trash towns and your trash cultures and they're so backwards and shitty and you know <laughs> all the reasons why you're lucky to be here and now you have to go raid those villages and those trash people and aren't mm-hmm. you grateful that you're here and yeah. you know you'd be living in squalor in those terrible places yeah. if it wasn't for us your great saviors i mean i think that 
part of that is that it is a kids show, and I have a feeling that they didn't want to mm-hmm. go too dark I mean, in an age appropriate yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. I mean, listen, this <laughs> show, this show gets pretty fucking dark. No, it does. It does. It does it get it really pretty dark. Does. But um, and yeah. there are a lot of shows that get, you know, kids shows that get dark and yeah, yeah. like like Avatar and Korra. Also, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there's plenty mm-hmm. of darkness. I think they could pull that off in an age appropriate yeah, way. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> they could. Um, but I think that the writers are. I can see them justifying it. Like the like, well, it's mm-hmm. a kids show, you know, so we don't have to like kind right. of write into it. Yeah, you know what I course. mean? I can see that happening, or I can feel that happening behind behind the in the writers' room. I can just like kind of sense it. Um, but I think also even you know you could see like the managers putting the kids down, but you could even see the kids talking to each other. I think there would have been mm-hmm. more conversations between Rogelio, um, you know. Oh my God, Kyle and Lena, talk right. Lonnie, Lonnie. I know her. I know her name. One of the only black characters. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we love I'm Lonnie. Um, she's our favorite Budge heartthrob. Yeah, no, she's great, oh, and, and I wish we saw more from. Hey, who does them. Lonnie pair? No, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Who does that? Yeah, That's right, a really man. good question. But, and nobody, she's like, apparently. And then she's nobody. good when it gets cut off. Like, mm, okay. Mm. Well, nobody says that she's good. I think that's trauma when, you know, Horrid Prime captures her and deprograms her so she's an automaton and cuts off all her hair. No, 100%. 100%. But the fact that she starts to change while she's there has this kind of transformation also physical transformation and her personality starts to shift before that but like mostly there i think they're related and like hair is a big yeah i see what you're saying yes yeah it's like she's like metaphorically she's shed the weight right of her past like she has you know whether or not it's a great thing she has been born anew but then she's you know born so I I feel that I I see what yeah. you're saying. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, you were talking. saying that you could imagine like if there had been more diverse voices in the writers' room. Yes, I could see the horde kids talking to yeah, each other more yeah. about their mm-hmm. lost villages and their lost cultures. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I also think that um, Catra would have just been a very different character. Not maybe not very different, but I think we would have had a lot more nuance to her background. And I think that it would have been really interesting to see her having conversations with Lonnie and and Rogelio Mm -hmm. and Kyle and kind of like, you know, having these other connections aren't just with Adora and having Mm -hmm. this kind of more of a community. And I think also having Catra and Adora is like this. Having Catra only have Adora also says a lot about Mm -hmm. love and about, you know. Who is worth your time? How do you how do you love people? Who do you receive mm-hmm. true love from? Like all of these things. Ooh, and now that you bring that up, it's like, yeah, you have this character who's coded as a person of color, more or less obsessed with this white woman. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. this white girl is like, yeesh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's totally. Not a, not, a, not a good look when you think about it, but like, um. Happy for them. And Love that they end up together. Love it. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. They, beautiful. beautiful. However, they beautiful love. <laughs> that makes sense. It doesn't mean it couldn't have been done better. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yes. It's like, like Catra being completely isolated. Mm-hmm. And this is seen as normal. Exactly. Um, yeah. It, that, and yeah. her choice, right? And her choice. Yeah. 
yeah, it's like, oh, she wants to be alone or she doesn't want to be around other people. She doesn't want community. Like, we could say, yes, trauma. We could say that. Right. Mm-hmm. But the show, and I understand these are 22-minute episodes. But, like, oh, God. This is, like, a whole other, like, series of conversations we need to have. about (laughs) colonization and trauma and how people of color respond Mm. to both yeah or how colonization Mm -hmm. can Mm -hmm. be a form of trauma and how people of color Mm -hmm. respond to it and how it's like like the specific trauma the the racialized trauma yeah of that it's just um bell hooks has a whole real good book about it called black looks love bell hooks oh is it was it um race yeah race looks with the black bell, hooks. Well, you said bell hooks. Black I hooks. said bell hooks. Yeah, yeah. I black have hooks. that. It's so I good. I have that. It's so good. <laughs> it's like, oh god. No, we're not going to say. Bell it. hooks rigs a lot about love. She does. Yes. Yeah. We're going to ignore the comments she... about Beyonce for the time being. And we're not going to talk. Listen, about... she's one person. Yeah, she's, she's entitled person, to it. A, a like... rich diversity of opinions. Yeah. And it... <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Yeah. They, you know, I would say that one of the main, I mean, I'm sure this is not a controversial statement. One of the main themes of the show is trauma. <laughs> and I think, you know, if they, if they were to do it again, I think that they would agree. Certainly, Andy would agree that it would be worth devoting some time, more than zero time to the trauma of colonization and devote some screen time and some real work to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. And I think also like, um. And I don't, and sometimes I don't even want to put this on the show per se, because fandom bears some responsibility too, mm-hmm. in the sense of mm-hmm. like, well, like they'll say weird, to me it's weird shit, but like, they'll just be like, well, to- Tatra is toxic and Adora is right to cut her off and this, then, and third. And I'm like, how, uh, this is going to sound so mean. How very be white mean. of you. Um, <laughs> it, it's, I mean, is it mean? Because I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, like it's like I guess it's just like me overcompensating for all the other times I said something honest about race and it bit me in the ass. So like, fair enough. I like, haven't had those times yet, or if I have, okay, I haven't listened. So <laughs> it, yeah, it, it took some maturity is a growth to finally be like oh that's a them problem yeah it's a hard them problem that's a hard them problem Mm -hmm. and i think also just like more people are going to feel seen and agree with what you say than people are going to be mad and even if it's three people who agree and are like fuck yeah and 10 people are mad well it wasn't you didn't say it for them (laughs) yeah true so yeah Mm -hmm. it's like also all of our listeners know that we are major catra lovers yeah yeah. yeah, but they don't yeah. know that by it's now. It's not a shock. The podcast is <laughs> yeah. called Hey Adora. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, you know, if they don't know that by now, they're, maybe they, maybe you have like a couple of hate watchers, hate listeners for all I know. But, you know, before they, before they angry tweet, <laughs> or if anybody's still on Twitter after Elon Musk, but like or even the angry <laughs> yeah. tweet, it's just we have I'm yet to there. receive any of those. But if we do, it's just more press, and then we'll probably have a hundred other people to jump on that person and say, "No, fuck you." Yeah, so, yeah. That, yeah. Would just, okay. that would just be more yeah. more press and you know more uh, dialogue. <laughs> so in the end, 
It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Jenny like, is officially welcoming yeah, so controversy. Just, like when I talk yeah. about fandom stuff, like oh, on mm-hmm. Tumblr, where I was talking a lot about race and fandom stuff and how people respond mm-hmm. to different characters' actions and and who gets the benefit of the doubt and who doesn't. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's really interesting how you have this woman of I don't even want to say woman because like how old is Catra anyway? <laughs> like like is she really is she drinking age yet? 18 to 21. Yeah. Canonically in season one, <laughs> they're rare. about 16. Okay. Okay. No, they're, they're 18 to 21. Okay, so they're... Yes. Yeah, so by season three, they're like 19. Young woman of Still color. Very young. A young woman of color. Yeah. 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 Very yeah. young woman of color. Who who might just have, who might be a woman according to the legal definition, but her brain has not finished developing yet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. I don't get cis vibes. I, <laughs> I'll roll with that. I don't know. Yeah. I just get big dyke vibes, but I could go with non-binary. I just, I just, she could be, um, you know, gender is a spectrum. I just don't get like 100% cis, you know? Oh. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That, there's I'm a not going to argue no, against no, that. Yeah, that's a that, whole that, other I, conversation too. Everybody, like, whatever. Like yeah. everybody mm-hmm. has, anyways. This yeah. is my yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Light interpretation. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Ali, um, AJ, AJ, not Ali, AJ. AJ's voice, that husky quality, lends itself well to you know gender ambiguity. Also. Yeah, yeah. I, yes. I've had to deal with that my whole life, and then at this point, I'm just like, mm-hmm. just don't call me sir. Um, <laughs> just don't do that. I, I, um. You want to trade? Yeah. And it's like, and I know like for <laughs> me, I can't untether gender and sexuality in such a clean way. I really mm-hmm. can't. It, it just, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. experience it that way. Mm-hmm. And I don't connect to terms like masculine and feminine in the same way that the majority culture does. Mm. Like mm-hmm. there are certain things that like certain things that uh, feminine requires. And I put this in quotes. Mm-hmm. 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 that I don't identify with. And there are certain things that masculine requires that I don't definitely don't identify with. Yet at the same time, I strongly feel woman is, that woman fits me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't, I just don't express it the quote unquote right way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's not just because I like women. The so yeah that so it's always kind of it's like that thing I mentioned like like I think the first time we had this race and SPOC conversation about who owns queerness and who like who and I put oh once again who owns in quotes queerness mm-hmm. and who right. mm-hmm. paradigms mm-hmm. of gender and sexuality are dominant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. yeah. So, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so, right, and the answer, as far as I'm concerned, is nobody. Nobody can own those definitions. But, but we, and yeah, that's understandable. It's better. It's better that way. Right. It's understandable. This but, is open source code. Yeah. It's understandable, but functionally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Of course. The way we conceptualize mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. these things. Yeah. The the way we police these identities. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. much. Very much so. 
Yes. Um, very and the intersection of percent. Yeah. Sorry, the intersection of, of, of race and gender as well. And, you know, understandings, uh, you know, white supremacist understandings of people of color having more masculine, whether or not this is masculine, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, you know, understanding of gender mm-hmm. and like, you know, these come from white supremacist, under- white supremacist understandings of race and gender as yeah. well. Yeah. And, and you see it. Yeah. And you see it all the time. Like we have, uh, what's her name? Casa Samaya. Uh, they literally had, they literally forced testing on this person. Yeah. Uh, because uh-huh. they were performing too well at sports. <laughs> they were, they were mm-hmm. beating too many, I guess beating too many white people at a game is just so beyond the pale. Yep. And we had that with the yep. Williams sisters, you know, when yes, both Venus and Serena, where it was like, mm-hmm. like, oh, they're so mannish because they mm-hmm. have muscles or something, mm-hmm. or or because they're not right. delicate when they play. <laughs> because right. they like right. they play real hard and they, you know, they play to win. Yeah. And it's like, yep. for some reason. I guess they expect women not to exert effort <laughs> in sports mm-hmm. or something or to not yeah. look like they exercise hours every day, <laughs> you know, just to, you know, and practice and, and mm-hmm. do all this stuff every day. It's like, well, what? I think, I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't get it. I, think I don't get it. Ultimately, it's like women are just not allowed to, like women and femmes in general and just not allowed to own what your body looks like right like you're just not yeah. allowed and triple that when you're a racialized person and yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah i think especially when you're in the spotlight it's um there are so many rules to follow and so many things that you have to think about all the time and your appearance is just so much at the forefront of things and <laughs> Yeah, it's just, uh, and then, yeah, and then add sexuality that I forget, you know, just it's like, woo, that's just a whole, it's a whole vibe. I'm not, a, yeah, yeah, I'm not exactly it's a whole sure where vibe. in the big picture of this conversation, this particular point is going to land, but I feel like this is a good moment mm-hmm. to, I'm sure you guys already know this, remind the audience that the first drag queen that we know of was a black man born into slavery, mm-hmm. William Dorsey Swan. Yes. Um, born in Maryland in 1860. Um, born into slavery, eventually came out of slavery, but endured a lot of shit mm-hmm. and became a queer resistance leader. Good for um, Certainly not someone who is well known mm-hmm. in, you know, mainstream American queer history, I think. Yeah. Certainly not in mainstream American history, yeah. not in the history books as we know them. Yeah. But, you mm-hmm. know, when we think of drag queen culture and we think of femininity mm-hmm. yeah we have you know s- certain mainstream american conceptions yeah it's kind mm-hmm. of interesting yes. because like to to me i had never heard of that person until you just brought it up took them up but mm-hmm. it's like well how are you i don't know what it is but mainstream culture makes black folks hyper straight and hyper cis for some reason and it's like um, mm-hmm. fucking with gender has been part of a black, especially black American culture since forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just at least as far as when I was growing up, there's always that person who's who doesn't fit the usual boxes. But it's like and then, I, you know, I grow up and people are acting like, but I thought all black people were dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, um, <laughs> 
No. <laughs> you just don't know enough black people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? If that's what you yeah. think. I'm like, um, no. No, it's like, no, it's, it, that is in our culture all, all throughout it, throughout our culture. And the white people, and the, and the irony is that the white people they idolize for playing with gender, for instance, and by white people they idolize, I mean David Bowie. Idolized <laughs> black performers who did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. David Boy, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, David Boy would have told you <laughs> that it was yeah. Little Richard. Mm. That's yeah, right. I was going to say it was Little Richard. Yeah. And like, yeah. Yep. Speaking of Little Richard, oh, wow. That, that poor man. <laughs> um, and, and it's like, okay, yeah. he did all that in the 50s. <laughs> in the mm-hmm. South. And I'm like, you're a real one. He's, his story was wild. I've 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 read some like you know some biographies and some stories uh, about him, and his story was wild, <laughs> including but not limited to "Tutti Fruity" being a song about butt sex. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, it changes how I think about the movie with the talking horse yeah, that features it? that song. <laughs> Look, oh, me hot to trot that one. Yeah, yeah. Like, Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> the voice of the talking horse and, and john candy was the horse um, oh, was man. Like, oh yes that's right bobcat goldie wasn't the voice of the horse he was the dude <laughs> and then john candy was the voice of the horse that's right yeah. <laughs> haven't seen that movie in a long time but it does have that song yes it does yep oh, and that's man. what that song's about it was such an 80s movie they were drinking tab okay oh man <laughs> oh my childhood yeah but yeah um but yeah it's like kind of and it, it is, and I know, dear listeners, that, that this seems like a complete diversion, but it actually isn't because mm-hmm. the colonization influences how we talk about things like gender and sexuality. So absolutely, yeah. absolutely. and it's another perfect example about how a lot of the most iconic white people that are most beloved and well known in the popular consciousness were you know, most influenced by a more iconic black person who history does not nod to and mm-hmm. does not value. Right. Mm-hmm. And that white person often was not secretive about the fact that they were influenced heavily by that black person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, gee, they're not secretive at all. Uh, yeah. Um, and, th- and this part you can edit out, but this is, this is just fun. I just like, I love that MTV interview with David Bowie, where he's like, "Why don't you have more black artists on the on your program?" Why it's don't like, you? Yes, for my guys just trying to him and hawing and talking about some Midwestern white kids. Yes, pants or whatever. And then look, it was from like 1983, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yes, Why you should all watch that. that. I don't know. Yeah. Just, that's fantastic. I just love it because that. That way he's like, he, he knows that mm-hmm. guy's full of shit. He knows he got him. It's like, yep. <laughs> like, you know, some guy, you know, it might be a little like, yeah, but I mean, we might be cool with black people, but like that some kid in the Midwest, you know, Prince might be a little, little too wild for them. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Womp, and he goes, womp. So and- you see what I'm saying? I understand yeah. your point of view. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that. That's wild. And, uh, it's from like 1983 like, or something. Like, not yeah. what I would call racially ambiguous. Okay. <laughs> like, no, and he's definitely had his own wonderful flirtations with you know white supremacy yeah, that was... <laughs> throughout his entire career. So I was thinking 
uh, I, I, I took a bit of a water closet break and I was thinking about how we see the ecological impacts of uh, colonization a couple of times in the show. Uh, once, you know, we see it pretty like heavy handedly uh, in, you know, when they go to uh, Critus and we see that the, the planet is literally drained mm. and that's, you know, that's pretty damn on the nose. But we also see it and we see and I wonder... And this is what I'm trying to shake out is that, you know, one of the things that we see is the light is literally taken away from Etheria when we have one of the colonizers, Mara, try to protect it. Right. So she takes the actual like planet and puts it in like a dark dimension and takes the light away from from the people there. And so I kind of want to like shake that out and like i said it's kind of a half-baked idea it's kind of idea that you have when you're just kind of sitting in sitting in the weird forest well i guess if you're thinking about ecological impacts the first thing that springs to my mind is the fright zone being Mm. such Mm -hmm. you know an urban an ugly urban wasteland Mm -hmm. you know like what was that area of ethereal like before the horde yeah Mm -hmm. i wouldn't even Mm -hmm. say urban it's just industrial like yeah, I was going to say industrial yeah. first, but then I was like, well, what are they producing? Like, what is their industry? Toxic waste, I guess. Evil. <laughs> yeah. 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 War orphans and toxic Be- waste. Yeah. yeah right. I was just going to say, yeah, cadets. They're producing cadets. Yeah. Cadets. <laughs> and tanks. They, mm-hmm. Tanks. Yeah. They are the military industrial they complex, are, right? Yeah. 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 Like, that's all they are. They are. Um, yeah. Because, you know, they have. Hordak came in. This planet is disposable to him. All he cares about right. is looking good to Big Brother. So he mm-hmm. doesn't care if mm-hmm. he fucks everything up and leaves it toxic and gross. That's probably what they've right, done on right. every other planet, right? Right. Right. Yeah. As per it, what we've seen on Kratos, as you pointed out. Exactly. Beth. Yeah. Um, but then you mentioned Mara. But, yeah. What was the point about yeah. the light taking the light? So Mara took the stars away, right? Like that's she the, put like, them in the pocket dimension of Despondos so that they couldn't Despondos. destroy the rest of the yeah. universe. And there's right. no stars or... I was going to say there's no stars or suns, but the sun is a star. There's no stars in Despondos. But they still have light from the moons. They still Magical have light, light from the moons. <laughs> right, but there's the like, you know, you know, Mara took away the stars type of thing. And I always found that kind of like an interesting understanding of that. And especially when thinking about like the ecological impacts of colonization. And then also thinking about like, you know, okay, so the indigenous people of Etheria, they have stories about that. And then just kind of trying to put some ideas together in that and kind of like i said it's some threads you know i want to weave something but i only have threads mm-hmm. i think the show is offering you threads meth is the truth this yes. show you're trying to <laughs> thank trying you to make a quilt with the threads of the that the show gave you <laughs> but i think like yeah i think what's really missing also from the idea of colonization is there's such a clear lack of indigenous voices Again, in the writer's room mm-hmm. and in mm-hmm. terms yeah. of environmentalism and in terms of, you know, the planet and and how people interacted with it and how it looked before. Um, like the little things that I do know, the very little that I do know, I know that I did it. I don't see in in mm-hmm. um, Shira in terms of, you know, other than um, 
Oh my gosh. What's the girl's name with the flora with the flowers? Perfuma. 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 <laughs> Flower Thank girl. You. I'm not a real fan, but I am. Flower but girl. I, I guess, you know. It's like that thing you put a mic in front of you, you and then. You just don't love Perfuma as much as some I of the others, maybe. To when I would be recording about Buffy, I'm like, I know this shit like backwards and forwards i like no episode names i know everything you put a mic in front of me and then i'm like mm, what's that person's name again like it's like <laughs> but i know yeah. anyways perfuma um and like I, I think there would have there could be a lot more in terms of like the towns mm-hmm. and how the local people like interact with their resources and we don't see that we don't know Mm -hmm. much about like the other resources or how people survive on ethereum like what Mm -hmm. do they eat what do they like what is their ethic system how do they treat Mm -hmm. plants and animals like we don't know much about any of that stuff and so i think that it's yeah it's something that i think is just really missing in the show that that would would have been a really cool thing to explore and in terms of the stars and mara i mean i feel like mara is almost a completely whole other discussion you know of the like shira woman of color who tried Mm -hmm. sacrifice herself you know there's all these like women Mm -hmm. of color sacrificing themselves in the show too right and Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you know i yeah I don't know. That was a messy. There's some more threads. Some more threads for the pile. Yeah. I mean, that's good. That would be an excellent conversation after season four, right? Is talking about like Mara yeah. and and self-sacrifice, you know, of women of color in order to, you know, save planets. Yeah. 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 As, as maybe. Yeah. yeah. Like the Mara and the environmentalism thing has got me weak and merging with colonialism has also got me thinking it's like, okay, how does colonialism shape how we understand environmentalism? Um, mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. like when, when the album mentioned, like, what do they eat? And I'm like, have we seen them? Yeah, we've seen them eat, but we don't see them produce any food. Um, mm-hmm. Like there was a season five when they're on the ship, the, the, the closest thing they have to, it's like Roz just has all these baking ingredients from, well, there's, well, Roz is Roz. So I guess Roz could just like, Andre from nowhere, but like they're on the ship and they've had like reconstituted coleslaw or something. It's a thousand years it's old. It's a thousand years old. But they ship. still from before. Still good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they still made to t- manage to make bow too, right? Like really made to last. Yeah. Or um, and then there's like uh, and, and maybe the closest thing we have to an environmentalism is Perfuma, and mm-hmm. and. Spoiler alert, audience. I disagree with Jenny. I do not see her as white, but moving right along. I do um, see her as white also. I see her as white. How do you see her, Sean? Vaguely, ethnically, ambiguously brown. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, she has blonde hair and pink skin and freckles. It's the valley girl voice for me. Yeah. It's the valley girl voice, I think, but it's like, okay. Okay, I'm like, well. I mean. It is a cartoon, and yeah. everything's up for interpretation. Yeah, and it's oh, like, for okay, sure. Well, I'm so, I'm, I'm just so curious yeah. as to, like, what yeah, aspect of her feels to, feels brown. I mean, it's just like, okay, well, there's that whole you talk white shit that gets on my nerves. Yeah, <laughs> when, uh, mm-hmm. I hear that. I don't get that a lot, but I, I've been around long enough that I've seen that come up multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
can we not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Because it, and it and it's not in this really snobby kind of well, I speak proper English kind of shit, but it's mm-hmm. but it's like well, they you know people grew up where they grew up and it, and they take on those mannerisms. Yeah, yeah. Those, those speech mannerisms. So I was just like, I can't really go by the voice always. It's like, and then there's the fact that if we're going to go there, uh, who are the voice actors? And right. how did they get cast? And mm-hmm. who who's responsible for that? And that, 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 mm-hmm. that. So I'm like, okay. So I'm pretty much going by the character designs because that is very deliberate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, also, also, uh, um, See, now this you know, the same thing's happening to me, right? I'm in front of a microphone. I can't remember things <laughs> in the show. I literally have a podcast for. Uh, what? Perfuma is the princess of the kingdom of Plumeria. Also, Plumeria has this very much like sure, it has this like hippie, hippie vibe, type which of feels very vibe. It's also, to me, right? But it's but <laughs> which feels very white, but also like hippie stuff is also deeply yes. appropriative yes. of nat- like you yeah. know native and did like you know Native American culture specifically. Uh, and we we have these kind of weird kind of side kind of connections to some sort of quote-unquote tribal or historical understanding because this is where we learn about the Mm she-ra right so we have this like weird like almost like primitive understanding of the language of the she-ra and we see these like you know we have the story you know the stories have been told of this the Mm she-ra um so and we actually have Plumeria is the only place that is like telling this as like an oral mm. traditional legend too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and then there's the true. once again writers' room problem. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, exactly. Now, can I really like how authentic, so to speak? Right. <laughs> would a white person write a person of color like just their speech patterns, and it's like yeah, maybe and, and would that's I want the them issue. To try? Yeah, I yeah. think right. I think right. you're right, right, Sean. I think like it's uh trying to make her potentially like an indigenous representation. However, <laughs> she just reads yeah, it doesn't is not a, the best representation of that. Yes. Yeah, she mm-hmm. reads like a white hippie chick to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She reads her, like, like a white hippie chick. Yeah. Her hair and the flower, like the whole like vibe of it, but I think um, maybe like value wise and ethics wise, it's more in line mm-hmm. with brown vibes. And I think that there are. She is the most focused on community. She is the most focused on like the the kind of like traditionally, um, like and I say indigenous, like globally indigenous. You know, like the this yeah. like yeah, uh, that kind of culture of of like togetherness right and she's very for that and like working with the environment uh maybe mermista is also like yeah that. interesting that the the ones with the most i don't want to say earth-based that's so tacky <laughs> yeah but the ones who are, whose powers focus on like the actual environment they're in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like the actual the actual connection to the the element? Yeah, the physical substance of Ethereum. But not Frosta very right, much, though. Right, right. Not Frosta, ironically. Well, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, that's a whole other thing of, like, East Asian coldness vibes, potentially, of, like, just distinct. Her outfit was... I mean, I could... 
Frosta with far north, mm. not with east. Yeah. Mm. But is, she's also vaguely, like her outfit, isn't it vaguely... Uh, like Inuit, Inuit in some way. Yeah. Yeah, Inuit. Is yeah, it? Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was vaguely. thinking. Vaguely. And I'm, I don't mean do me yeah. vaguely. Yeah, but it's also just like icy, it, like, I don't know, like Ice King vibes. You yeah. Know? You know, yeah, I was or thinking, like, you know, Northern Water Tribe. Yeah. Mm. Totally. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, like, they, Water yeah. Tribe. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, one thing that's <laughs> missing from the whole world of Etheria and this might have again we all know it's a 22 minute cartoon but you know avatar and legend of korra managed this a lot better is that there's no wisdom of the elders mm-hmm. on etheria that's something that's Ooh. starkly lacking and that's something that's really strongly mm-hmm. present more so in indigenous cultures yeah, also yeah and is very um, lacking you know like where like, are all the parents in this yeah, world old people <laughs> right and it just be ross and angela and they're all like annoying, <laughs> right. right? Like they're all like to be mm-hmm. almost dismissed mm-hmm. and like not taken seriously. And that's like mm-hmm. a very Yeah, I mean we only have Raz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like the parents, like yeah. um, you know, Raz, Angela, right. Angela and Sarah. Angela who's like yeah. overly fret- overly fretful. Then we have not willing yeah. to do what needs to be done because she's too afraid and like what other parents do we have we have younger adults we have the aunties who are like part of the team and are a little bit older but we don't have tribal elders of any kind or like cast a spell out who's also just like passive aggressive and very like judgmental but loving and you know right um (laughs) it was interesting i heard you guys shadow weaver (laughs) 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 we have right we have elders in the horde yes um, I heard you talking Bad about parents. Yeah. Glitter, glimmer, glitter. Oh no. Mm. <laughs> um, sparkles. Hello, sparkles. <laughs> We're all tired. Um it's as, all good. as Asian, but I I uh I didn't catch that for some reason. I had like seen her as um actually I had read her as more Jewish and Micah. But Ooh. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. We did talk about Micah. Uh, in our last recorded episode, actually, about, yeah, the about reason Micah, that I that... coded her as Asian is because she's voiced by an right, Asian actress, right. and so is her father. Right, yeah. right. No, it makes sense. Yeah. And Casaspella is Sandra O, oh, so that makes sense. Like they're all yeah, Asian. That, yeah, that seems right, like a exactly. Yeah, choice. Yeah, that's a choice. <laughs> that seems like a yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> specifically Korean. Like, I mean, flutes. Like, but I, yeah. out of context, if I had no knowledge, I could definitely see Glimmer. As a pushy little Jew, I got like Jewish vibes from the I can whole say family. That. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Micah sounded wow, like. Wow, I love that read. I love that. <laughs> I I do too. I don't. I don't know. Oh, I certainly didn't. Yeah, no, it's I super fair. I'm not Jewish, so I don't. You know, I don't have a, yeah, a yeah. say. But I was like, oh. you know, I was like looking at it, like squinting at my screen. I was like, what are these people coded? What is every single character coded? I was like, these yeah, people yeah. read Jewish to me. But right. I guess I was uh, mistaken. <laughs> No, I can see it. I can see it. Is it the overbearing mother I think that's a reasonable. Thing? That's a reasonable association. Not Angela. I don't read Angela as Jewish at all. Okay. No, no, no not Glimmer. Angela. Okay. Glimmer cast a spell. I could see that more in line, or like just like the whole magic vibe. I think Micah, especially, maybe because I know Amika. It just feels like a Jewish name. Well, Micah is a, a Hebrew Micah name. Micah is a Hebrew name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. All right. 
Um, it's a biblical okay, name. So I'm not, in that but it's all, also a okay. shiny gem. In that all biblical names that are Jewish can also be yes. Christian. It is a biblical Jewish but name. Micah, mm-hmm. um, would be Micah Michael. is the shortened form. It's a shortened yeah. form of Michael. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Cast a spell. Yeah, that's a. And it's like, okay, are these writers Jewish? Because if they have, I don't know. Because that whole thing with cast a spell is kind of like. What are you doing with that <laughs> kind of thing? It was like, hmm, interesting. And there's like, isn't Andy formerly evangelical or raised evangelical or something? Yes, Andy okay. was yeah. raised evangelical okay. Christian. Oh. And then it's a whole other bag. Yeah, <laughs> that informs a lot of the show. Yeah, that informs a lot of the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, and he's been very, very like forthcoming about that. And and there's a whole uh, and that is a whole other series of episodes that we could do about how evangelicals and evangelicals can be very. They leave they leave God and Jesus behind, but they keep all the white supremacy. <laughs> um, mm. But yeah, to get back to the point about like. Mara and taking away the stars and trying to tug at that thread a bit more. Um, I think part of like again, it's one of those situations where I think the the fact that the writers' room is all white people or mostly white people is showing through. No, I think it's all white people. It's always all white people. Okay, I try. I try. Internet. Oh. <laughs> I tried to get. It, I tried. I didn't want to make any. I didn't want to overstate the case, but. Oh, that's no. I'm saying it though. I'm not giving them more credit than they deserve. Okay. Um, I'm not saying that they are bad people. No. But, but you know, but like... you can't speak to experience that is not your own. And yeah. when you have a group that is homogenous, then they are all speaking to the same experience. And on the flip side, I'm sorry I interrupted you in the middle of your point. Let me let you finish. Yeah, I was like, well, this is where it's kind of coming from because, like, because the way they present the environmental stuff, it's almost like. Like the environmental stuff is completely disconnected from the people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, yes. It's like. That's well, exactly. Thank you. That was where I was the, trying to, to yeah, shake out. It's like, yes. You remember that that old environmentalist thing with the, the like that native guy with the one tier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That native guy with the one yep, tier who could... apparently was not even Native American. Yeah, he was Italian, right? Yes. What? What is this? Yeah. So I don't there's know what you're old, talking about. So okay, so Sean, do you wanna or you can. I can? One, one of you us can. can. Okay, <laughs> okay, because you look like you're gonna die laughing. Yes. Um, so in the late '60s, actually, there was an ad campaign, a "Don't Litter" campaign, which is oh. you know, oh. which is where we were for environmental, like, you know, environmental messaging for a very long time. Um, Just and don't it litter. Was, That's environmentalism. Don't litter. And it was a dude like driving down the road and he chucks like a beer can or something out the window. And you just as he like, you know, passes by, you just see like this shot of this dude dressed in like really stereotypical Native American clothes with a t- <laughs> Yeah, he has a war bonnet. And he's just like and, and like uh, like a leather apron and like it's <sighs> offensive it's bad it has like one one single tear and they see a single tear and then they zoom in and you just see the single tear running down his like face and then it's like don't litter and you're like what the fuck was that and like that's the problem uh, (laughs) Mm. 
That's why yeah, I'm exactly. Crying, well, first, for sure. that's the <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Be- but because of litter, but, yeah, because, because of litter. But like, yes, yeah. and. Yeah, and yeah, this yeah. and this and this and it's it shows the like you know the disconnection as 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 sean was saying and i actually think that your point connects back to my point about the lack of tribal elders because mm-hmm. there's no knowledge about how did we get here mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. terms of a theory is past no one knows mm-hmm. about mara taking away the stars they might have some stories about the day the stars disappeared but they don't know what happened Mm-hmm. We have the scrolls that are in the library. In this dead language that no one has ever learned how to translate. And, right. And that's all we have as viewers to get this under, you know, to get this. It's just that, like, for instance, indigenous cultures, like, the, for instance, the lack of elders makes the fact that these very young people are the only people in power look very strange. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. So it's like it doesn't have to be like this autocratic, top-down, militaristic thing like the Horde, but it it also doesn't have to be basically the 21st century United States. Mm-hmm. I I get it. You know, it's a mm-hmm. fantasy series. I get it. It's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the fact that they're not like the the fact that these social structures are not. I guess not even informed by these alternatives that were historical fact. Hmm. Which is within itself an effect, uh, um, an effect yes. of yes. colonialism. Yes. And I think yeah. also, like, yeah. I don't actually have a problem with how Etheria is structured. Like, I, I enjoy it. I like the idea of princesses. I like the runestones. But I think it merits a little, hmm, you know, it merits just a little, like, hmm, what's that about? So just to be yeah. like, <laughs> okay, what is this about? Okay, well, that's what that's about. Well, mm-hmm. that's fine. I still like it. Like, it's cool. Like, What's it going to look like when these princesses are 30 years older and have kids of their own who are coming of age? What's the power structure going to look like then? Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. And I know, like, especially now that, like, Angela's not there, you don't have that. Like, Angela, I think, is the closest thing to an elder this show had. Raz. Um, and, yeah. and like I said, yeah. Raz is, and Raz, yeah. I don't even she's know. She's not always around. Is, she just pops in and out when she feels like totally. it. Is Raz like a like a flesh and blood person or an entity? <laughs> we have all sorts of conversations lined up about that. Because uh, Raz, like, just next time. <laughs> next time. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah, Raz just is. Because it's like Raz just is up for debate. There are many theories yeah. about Raz. Yeah, and it's. And it's, and of course, Raz is at least old enough to have known Mara. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, she definitely knew Mara. Yeah. We've seen flashbacks of them together. Is she yeah. old enough? She got a box of sugar from Mara. See, that's what I mean. And is there a difference between those yeah. two things? See, that's what I mean. <laughs> and it's not like I want to discount mm-hmm. Roz. And it's also like Roz does not communicate in a standard way. No, I love it. So. So past unstuck all, from time, she is. Yeah, so, yeah, so she's, she's Yoda. She's Bubby Yoda. Yeah, yeah. so yes. she's yeah, she's Bubby Yoda. Yeah, she's coded as Jewish. Mm. <laughs> you think? Yeah, I mean, you her, think? I, I thought her. I always thought her accent was kind of like Italian. I, I got, like East, yeah, I, got, like, I just Eastern got like Eastern European from her it's, accent. It's really yeah, up for no. debate. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't think it was Eastern European. Huh. I'm Eastern European and I didn't think her accent was Eastern European, but it's really up for debate. I really think that you can see a lot of different things yeah. in her. Mm-hmm. I think she's old yeah. grandma like vibes. And I think that 
I I think yeah, that, yeah. that lady yeah, that's for sure. I think that lady <laughs> yeah. I think that's who you everywhere. You know? Like that's true. Certainly. Certainly. Yeah. But she's certainly that lady is there. She's around. Yeah, but and she's interesting where rad. she the place she <laughs> occupies in in Ethereum culture, which is on the margins. Yes. Living by herself mm-hmm. in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and nobody thinks to ask her anything or to go to her for like maybe Adora. That's it. Once. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Or twice. Yeah, once. And I think Swift Wind is the only one who goes to see her. <laughs> like, yeah, he even says you got to keep an eye on old yeah, ladies living does. alone in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because like, Swift Wind uh, knows how to how I'm to build community, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a I've true activist right there. Thought for three days. Yeah, I, I figured it out. Yeah, and it's like, and then besides Roz, there's Angela, who, as mm-hmm. far as everyone else knew, was immortal. And yeah, it turns out she very much, well, technically immortal, but she's not coming back. So. No, not anytime not soon. Anytime it's like the crystal like- gems, right, from Steven Universe. Yeah. Like they can live forever, but they're not immune to destruction. Yeah, I guess hmm. Meph and I actually um, didn't see that show. We both yeah. gave it a shot, tried to watch the first few episodes, and just couldn't couldn't get yeah, through it's it. I, I just skipped to the good part, which is the end. Um, <laughs> I will do that then. I skipped to the good parts, like the the parts like I watched those like must watch Steven Universe episodes, and then I mm. got up pretty much understood everything. Um, yeah, so that's what that that me and Steven Universe. It's like. Okay, I get why this is popular, but it's definitely not for me. Mm. And there's also like a whole issue of how people really did not like the restorative justice angle. But Mm. anyway, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like, okay, there's Angela, who was supposedly an immortal angelic being, which is not quite the same as it's an elder, but not because. Right. It's like a vampire. (laughs) Yeah, almost. It's like, well, uh, like. Vampire with a soul. Yeah, vampire with a soul and wings. <laughs> Angel Angela. Your name Angela. And she, and it's like, yeah, she's been around and she was there for like the first Princess Alliance and she's trying to teach glimmer things, I guess. It, it is, and it's almost like, oh, hell, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, no. I have Spit to say, it it's kind of ageist. Do yeah, it. Yeah, it is a little mm. bit. Oh, yeah, it is. It's very oh, ageist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I can't think of a single character over, like, 25. <laughs> it was not a com- I don't want to say a complete scumbag. That's not true. But, like... Bo's parents are all right. I mean, I th- I think of Spinnerella and Natasha. Yeah. yeah, Bo's parents. I think of Spinnerella Bo's and Natasha being yeah, in their 30s. Yeah, they're older. But they're, but they're um, not involved. Like, they're not... They have to be dragged kicking. Not his- not until the last season. Yeah. And you, you don't see and I them think involved. Ultimately, yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think all of this, the ageism and the fact that the princesses are the leaders of everything is in service of the fact that this is all based on a, a previous show from the 80s <laughs> where the princesses were already established as the main characters mm-hmm. and they had to stay mm-hmm, true to mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. to some extent, their hands were tied yeah. about making the princesses the leaders and the main characters. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's the same thing with like Adora's character design. Period. Where it's like has to be right. blonde and blue eyed. Period. I think was the requirement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and that just yeah, made there me are un- unconfirmed rumors that ND wanted Adora to be black in the reboot, and the network execs, whether it was Mattel, the toy company that made the original, or whether it was Netflix, someone in power said no to that because they wanted Adora to be recognizable as the original Adora. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, um, calling her Adora so, isn't enough. <laughs> but okay. Yeah, right. I know. So. We've touched repeatedly on the idea that, you know, you can't see what you can't see when there isn't diversity in the writer's room. And so I just wanted to flip that on its head and point out that the greatest success of the show is the diversity of queer voices on the show. And that only can happen because of the diversity of queer voices in the writer's room. Mm. And, you know, that's been such a joy. And I mean, I don't think that we would be here at all making this podcast if Mm -hmm. not for that radical beauty and diversity of queer voices on this show and, you know, different kinds of queer characters. And that's never been seen in an all ages show before. It's not just like the queer character. (laughs) They're all the queer character, bitch. They are. You know, and that mirrors real life. If you are a queer person, you know that queers travel in packs and we're not all cut from the same mold. Mm -hmm. And that is... You know, an incredible, incredible thing to be able as a queer person, let alone as a young queer person or a queer child, to be able to turn on the TV and see a show where you can relate to any one of any number of queer characters. And so our next aspirational thing is to see a variety of BIPOC queer characters. (laughs) That's going to be the next great thing that we're looking for in our next animated all ages yeah. show. So if you're making you're stuff, yes. <laughs> the yes. bar has been set. You have to surpass Shira. <laughs> That's right. You're here. Yes. And so you know, it's not just about well, Steven Universe. What we're, you know, oh, this show failed at this. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying that Steven Universe is bad just because it's not my cup of tea. There was something about the short form yeah, aspect. Fair. It was a little bit too nonlinear. I just couldn't follow that's fair. it. But and they it, do. You know, but I'm sure Ooh, they. I'm sure it's fantastic. Honestly, like the Garnet Garnet is is very cool. Mm. Very cool. Yes, I'm is. sure I'll give it another chance one of these days. So first, thank you so much for joining us. And do you have, all have anything you want to pitch and give us our socials so we can uh, share it with our listeners? I am at Project Stimzoom on Twitter. Uh, that's Project T-Z-I-M-T-Z-U-M. Um, I, and I understand Elon Musk is making it like it's taking it down another layer in Dante's Inferno, but I am there. You can find me there or or at projectzimzoom.com and you can contact me with a little contact. And you can find me at Alba Daza on Instagram. That's A-L-B-A-D-A-Z-A and albadaza.com. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And of course, those links will also be in our show notes. Yes. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. This was a blast. And thank you so much, friends. We love you. We adore you. This was a wonderful conversation. Come back. This was awesome. I like this format. Thank you. Yeah. I like this format. Super great to meet you, Matt and Sean. All right. 
Yes. Yeah, it was wonderful to meet you. Thank you. And yay! This was great. This was great. I'm excited. Well, folks, if you liked what you heard and you want to continue into the conversation, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast fix. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at HeyAdoraCast. And please email us if you want to continue to join in on this conversation at HeyAdoraCast at gmail.com. In case you forgot. And... Don't forget yes. to rate and review us on iTunes. That's something we always forget Please to mention. Do. Give but it really us helps all, more people find all good us. good marks across the board. Say how handsome we are and how super smart we are, too. <laughs> Yay. Uh, and in case you yeah. may have forgotten or just you know, never knew we have a Patreon. So if, please, you know, join us in our Patreon, become a member. We have awesome perks. We have bonus episodes. We have an incredible discord where we absolutely will continue this conversation. Uh, I make playlists for folks. Jenny reads gay stories for you. So like, you know, give us a, give us a check out, give us a check out. Yeah. I've kind of fallen down on the job in the last couple of weeks with the gay stories, but I will come back soon. I promise. We also have live watches and live chats, all kinds of fun, lively interactions that you can I have with we're us super in fun. the Patreon space. We are super fun. And you can find a link to our yeah. Patreon as well as all of the things on the internet that we have at heyadora.gay. Yeah. That's the one. The Dot only gay. And Dot remember, gay. queer joy is radical. And queer love saves the universe. Hooray. Woo.